Hey family, welcome to the Recalibrate podcast. It's your host Esther Glory and this is a new episode. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's podcast episode where we will be talking about surrendering by faith. We will be talking about surrendering by faith Um, and now we are going to be rounding up our conversation on a life of faith um, that has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, If you've been listening to this season of the podcast you've been hearing my growth and my development in my faith journey um, throughout these podcast episodes and throughout this season so that I've been really excited to share and to learn about so that I can share with you each week Um, and it has genuinely transformed my faith journey in such a powerful way Um, so I'm really excited really really excited to be rounding it off with this week's episode and then next week's episode which will be our final episode of the season where I will be sharing some really important announcements of what's going to be happening next not only in season five um, but what might be happening a little bit before then okay Um, so yeah make sure that you stay tuned all the way till the end and also make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode because you will get the tea okay Okay, Um, so hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast and we're going to start off as always with the random musing of my heart. Now, um, the random musing of my heart for this week's episode has been centered on something I've been thinking about this week a lot. And I've been thinking about the fact that oftentimes um, when we say that we love people or we care about people, um, I think we think about like that fuzzy feeling that we have when we think of someone or the butterflies. And I'm not just talking romantically, I mean platonically in friendships um, with your brothers and sisters in Christ, with your family members, whatever the case may be. Um, I I always think of the fact that love is a choice and more than just a choice, it is uh, made up of several smaller choices that cause it to be labeled as this big thing called love, right? Um, And I'm not even just talking, I'm not talking from a biblical standpoint, I mean in general. So for example, um, when you say you love someone, that means you support them. Uh, When you say you love someone, that means you challenge them. When you say you love someone, that means you desire, you crave their either their presence or their mind or their gift or their heart or something that they have to give if not all um there's something about them that you desire um if you say you love someone then that means you also respect them if you say you love someone that means you honor them which are very different things um if you say you love someone then there's there's choices that you have to make in order to say that you love that person right and so I've been thinking about that a lot this week and I've been thinking about relationships where there is love there is that warm fuzzy feeling when I think of that person there is the choice to continue to love that person every day in each season but I've also been thinking about relationships where I may not necessarily Um, have supported the best that I could or respected the best that I could or um, desired the most that I could um, and things like that and also looking at that in the reverse because that allows me to create healthy expectation healthy boundaries healthy parameters for the relationship in conjunction and there's a word we use um, in health policy a lot Um, And we talk about co-production, right? Um, And we talk about designing systems or designing processes with each stakeholder involved. And so I think about love and relationships that way as well, not as transactionally as that, but I think about the idea that if I love someone and I want this relationship to work, then the aim is that we co-produce this relationship 
we allow God to be at the center of every relationship, not just romantic ones. Um, so God is a co-producer in that relationship. We are co-producers in that relationship in terms of our expectations, our needs, our boundaries, um, the way we want. And, and another thing that I've been thinking about on top of this, another layer to my thoughts um, have been things like the way that you are most comfortable showing support to someone may not be the best way that they feel supported. And so do you still love them if you are showing them a level of support, but not the, the level of support that they have requested or desire from you, right? Um, which is all a part of love. And so I've been thinking about the different layers to relationships, the different layers to love. And I think sometimes we say we're relationally intelligent or we have... Um, high relationship IQ right just because we have a lot of relationships or a lot of long-standing relationships but I think that when you peel back the layers of what it means to love someone or what it means to do relationship well there are several components that make that thing work that make that love work and so I've been as you can tell probably from this random musing I'm a very deep thinker and so um it's leading up to my birthday or whatever. Um, and so I have been in deep introspective thought. It always happens every year around this time. I go like right into my thoughts. I assess who I believe I am, what I believe about God, about my faith, about my life, about my journey, my relationships. Not necessarily that cut any cut everyone off mentality, but just as I mature, looking at my new growth, looking at my new pattern, look at, look at what I'm looking for. Like, for example, one thing I've realized for myself is that each year I've grown and matured in a new way. And so there are some things that I will not tolerate. Um, there are some things that I do not have the time or capacity to tolerate any longer. Um, and in, in thinking about this has made me develop in my relationship intelligence and looking at the different choices I'm making. So for example, if I say I love someone, I don't fling around that loose, I don't fling around I love you loosely. And so now I've been thinking about if I tell someone I love them, that means I'm saying under all of that, I respect them, I support them, I challenge them, I desire them, I have uh, uh, space in my room space in my space or room in my heart or in my mind or in my life for them so for example one of the things that I've been and I'm giving you several random musings but I'll tie it back into the original one um, but one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is that when it comes to relationships intentionality is a key portion of co-producing any relationship um, and I am valuable enough to be made intentional decisions about so no longer will it will I be comfortable with mm, you get what you're given I'm not a child anymore I'm, I've not been a child for a, a quite a while um, so it's a thing of allowing myself to grow and to mature and so now I'm looking for new things um, and so when I love you it has a deeper meaning than just the fuzziness of I love you or the convenience even sometimes of I love you but when I say that it means a much uh, um, it means a much deeper thing for me now that I am growing and mature and maturing um, and so um, I'm having these conversations with myself about my relational intelligence, about the way I navigate relationships, what needs closer proximity, who needs closer proximity, and who needs different levels of access to me, who actually doesn't need to know all of that about you, um, because their patterns have shown that they, they aren't who you want 
or who you need in your time or space any longer. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean cutting off. It just means changing the dynamic or the access in that relationship in a healthy way. Uh, confrontation, conversations, healthy confrontation and conversations and hard conversations allow for that to be done in a healthy way that doesn't damage either party, um, but allows the relationship to organically take new form, right? Um, so yeah, these are all my random musings that uh, amalgamate into one random musing of allow yourself to grow and to mature and allow the dynamic of your relationships to follow the, pro uh, the projection or the trajectory of your growth, right? That's a random musing of my heart for this week's episode. Let's dive right into the episode. So we have been talking about having a life of faith, living a life of faith, practically living out your faith, right? And I thought that it was only right that in the last two episodes, we spoke about how to make these things permanent. And so today we're going to speak about living a life of faith and surrendering to living a life of faith um, and what that actually looks like. I think that and we spoke we've spoken about this before when we've spoken about the pace of the will of God, when we've spoken about faith, even in despair or in hard times. Um, but I think it's so significant to put the pen here right and start the sentence here um, for this episode and I think that when we talk about a life of faith I think sometimes we speak about it like it's optional we speak about it like um, it's something that um, we can do if we feel like it's something that we should all aspire to do but I don't have to do right now until I've dealt with my healing in this area my deliverance in that area my restoration in this area but I think one of the things that's really important for us to understand is surrender begins with acknowledging the truth about faith and surrender starts by knowing that I cannot go anywhere else with this journey with God unless I make the first decision to believe that this is it because when it comes to our faith we realize that being coming into the faith happens by our confession by our confession of belief in Jesus Christ right and I think that sometimes we think it's okay to redact that or to withdraw that when life happens or when things happen and we feel like I can't conquer that or I can't get over this or I can't do that that's not the case these are the times these transitions, that rejection, that betrayal, that suffering, that disappointment, um, that argument, that hard conversation, that issue, um, that bondage, all of those things are the moments where we have to then not only apply that decision to our faith, but we also have to live through that decision to be, to have faith in God, right? And so, um, the other day I was thinking about some transitions in my life and key principles as I've been saying I've been really in my thoughts um, about growing and developing um, and I was writing down some things that I had learned about faith in transition um, and I was thinking about it because I was like in my life I've gone through multiple transitions and even more recently I've been transitioning quite quickly through various different seasons of my life and so sometimes I haven't had the time to stop and take inventory of what that that looks like especially the principles that I have developed as a result of going through those transitions and choosing faith in those transitions and so um, as I was writing all of these notes about faith in transition right I began to think about the, the the fact that in all of those transitions I had to surrender surrendering my will surrendering my ideals surrendering my deadlines because I had to walk by faith and not by sight and 
what it meant for me, what that scripture meant for me was to not walk according to the reality of what was happening around me, because those things were not matching up to what I believed to be the will of God, right? What God had shared with me, what God had given prophetic words were his will. Those weren't necessarily what I could see. And so I had these ideals about the way it should happen, what should happen, who it should happen through and who it should happen with, right? And I think one of the most humbling things was surrendering my will and my ideals and understanding that God's will is perfect. And because he has designed it and he is good, because I believe God is good, right? Causing my my uh my belief to come into alignment with God's nature and with God's character, which we've spoken about throughout this season, it was a lot easier to surrender. It was not easy to surrender. It was a lot easier to surrender because what I believed about God had changed. Now, if you remember at the beginning of this season, I spoke about one of the biggest things I've wrestled with is the fact that God is good. It's the truth anyhow, but I've wrestled with it because I've not always understood why I've had to experience things that were not good in my eyes. Um, but we're calling God good, right? And we're shouting. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus, right, um, I could not reconcile what I had lived through and who God was. Um, and so over the course of this season of the podcast, over the course of, of my faith journey in the last two years, even even I would say three or four, um, I've had the opportunity to wrestle with that truth and to come to the understanding that it is the truth anyhow. God is good. He is perfect to be God. He is perfect in all of his ways. He makes all the right decisions. He, ca he can't be wrong, right? Um, and so when it now comes to me and what I believe, it's been a lot easier to surrender because I know what I believe isn't changing. I believe God is good and that isn't changing. And so now I'm able to say things like, okay, I know that all around me, it looks bleak. It looks, I, my friend randomly asked me the other day, like, how are you doing? What's going on? And I was like, to be honest with you, life has beaten the brakes off of me, but God is good. And not in like the Christianese, I want to dismiss you and get you off my back. But the truth is that God is good. And so whatever the reality looks like to me now, I know it will be for my good and for his glory in the end. And so I'll trust him that whatever he's doing, it will be for my good and for his glory, because that's what he's promised, right? Every day doesn't look like that, though. That is generally my belief system. That is what I live. That is what I have faith in God concerning. This is what I believe about God to be true, period. Um, but I think that we have this misconception as believers that because I believe this and because it's informed my behavior. So for example, I said to my sister the other day that this is probably the most faith I've had. And I said, this is probably the most faith I've had and the most consistent level of faith that I've ever had, um, which is true. But I think that my behavior, my life, my thoughts have responded to what I now believe about God, which is that he's good, right? But every day doesn't look like that. When you're saying, okay, I believe God is good. And then someone literally disappoints you in the midst of you saying God is good. What do you do? Or when I'm saying God is good and you get a text message or you get a phone call with bad news, is God still good right in that moment? And one of the things that I had to allow myself to do was to understand that I am learning a new pattern of faith. And so 
it was the original design for faith, but I didn't have faith like that. And so I had to challenge myself not to beat myself up that I've fallen back into an old way of thinking because my first thought or my first response wasn't, oh my gosh, okay, God, I trust you, you're good. That that was my second thought. My first thought was, oh snap, like my human experience was happening in real time. And because I didn't respond, I'm, as you know, militant boot camp with myself. I had myself in this boot camp of you have to respond correctly. Um, And one of the things that has started happening that made me laugh at myself the other day was because I would have myself, okay, you had, you didn't think that God is good straight away when you got that text. You didn't think God is good straight away when that thing happened to you. You didn't think God is good straight away when that intrusive thought came. It was your second thought. You need to do better. You need to do this. You need to do that. All things which are true. But I was also whipping myself like this was performance based. This happens by revelation. This happens by by uh, progression in faith, right, and growing and maturing in faith, as we've been speaking about throughout this whole season. And so, one of the things that has begun to happen now is when things happen, I'm I'm already in a mind frame or state where I'm considering God and the way He may feel about something, or or the way He may go about doing this thing. And so, I found myself asking questions as opposed to trying to. S- date something when it when something happens so for example something happened and I remember saying to God what what is your purpose in all of this because I don't want to begin to educate myself or build some level of perspective that you that that is not true about what you're doing and who you are in this moment what are you trying to teach me what is the purpose behind all of this? Who do you want to impact? Is it to do with me? Is it to do with someone around me? Is this to do with a situation? Is this to do with something I haven't yet dealt with? And as I began to ask questions, God began to unpack with me certain levels of things that I needed to deal with. And as I began to unpack those things, then I could, oh God, you're so good. Thank you for unpacking this with me. Thank you for revealing your ways to me. Thank you for revealing your your mind to me, your will to me concerning this give me wisdom to be able to navigate this right and so now I'm being taught a new way because I'm surrendering and I'm saying God okay what what is this make this make sense to me right and so I will always say go first with surrender when it comes to faith I think we teach people to it is written and yes and God is this and God is that which all of those things are very powerful. I gave, I, I've given pa- the power of confession as something very powerful um, for faith um, or very potent for growing and developing your response of faith. Um, so I'm not negating that whatsoever. I believe in the power of confession. I think sometimes we also need to ask questions because I believe questions help to locate faith. If we can't find the faith, or we can't feel the faith or see the faith, I think questions help to locate that faith and they help us to build faith or awaken faith as as we've spoken about in previous episodes. So I always say lead the way with surrender, lead the way with surrender. This is something that I am learning. This is something that I am developing in. This is something I'm even teaching. I remember speaking to my mentee a couple of weeks ago and saying, you need to find the will of God because when we find the will of God when we locate it and we locate that through questions I remember sending a list of questions we locate that through questions it can't be done um 
through sitting around and just looking into the distance, right? We have to ask questions so that we can locate faith, so that we can locate answers, so that we can locate what God is trying to say for any given moment, any given thing, and especially about our lives. And so when it comes to a, a life of faith, lead the way with surrender. And that's why we're talking about surrender today. I think it's something we don't know how to do. And so when it comes to faith and having to surrender by faith, right, we, we don't know what to do, we don't know how to do it. And I found myself um, giving advice a lot recently, and that advice has been centered around surrendering by faith and so I would always say lead the way by surrender lead the way by surrender if you don't know it's okay to not approach God knowing it all he's the all-knowing one we are his children and so our our posture is to approach him as we would approach the father approach our father to know something that he knows that we don't yet know right and so I think it's really important to lead the way with surrender, lead the way with surrender. That would be principle number one. Principle number two would be humility in surrender, humility in surrender. Um, one of the things that can really impact faith is false humility, um, false levels of responsibility, um, false understandings of what true humility is. We are able to have faith by faith we are able to surrender by faith we are able to worship by faith we are able to pray by faith we are able to prophesy by faith we are able to um, get revelation by faith we are able to steward revelation by faith we are able to praise by faith we are able to love our brother and sister in Christ by faith we are able to serve by faith all of these things are by faith we are able to believe by faith right but I think sometimes when we allow, or not sometimes, I think when we allow um, ourselves to do any of these things outside of the remit of faith, then we are allowing a false level of humility and some level of pride to enter in to the motivation or the posturing behind why we do something. I remember being challenged one day um, because God spoke to me about something um for somebody it was to give a prophetic word to someone and what God wanted me to share with that person was quite heavy it wasn't something easy what God had shown me and then what he asked me to share based on what he showed me wasn't something easy and because I cared about the person um and if you've listened to season three of the podcast where I spoke about sentiment and how that impact can impact prophetic living, then that if you haven't heard that yet, then go rewind all the way back to season three, because that is one you need to listen to. Um, but because of sentiment and because of care, I didn't want to push them further away from me or for them not to open up to me if I shared what I had seen. Right. Um, and I remember asking for guidance on how to share this with the person from leaders, from, from mentors and stuff. And it was like, this is what God has given you to share. As long as you share this from the lens of love, from the lens of grace um, and the lens of truth, um, then God's prophetic administration to you of this word is to share it with the person and to pray it with them, pray through it with them. And so um, 
I remember being wrestling with God, like, God, I really don't want to, I don't want to share this. And I don't want to come across as the one that they can't like hide anything from or the nosy one or the one that's always in their business or does too much. Or, and I also didn't want to become the only port of call um, for them to come to when it came to this thing, because I felt like I couldn't walk with them through this. Right. Um, all of which was to, a lot to do with imposter syndrome, a lot to do with the fact that I also had secretly, previously secretly dealt with some of the things that they were struggling through um, emotionally. And so it was really hard to speak to someone in a place where you've been, where there was no one to speak to you, right? And so I remember just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And the first thing Holy Spirit said to me was, are you doing this by faith that this is the word of God and God will do his part in this? Or are you doing this as I am who I am and this is how I want to come off and how you want to protect your reputation or your image or your perceived image uh, of uh, from this person? You don't want them to see you in a particular kind of way. You don't want to, them to think of you in a particular kind of way. And as the Holy Spirit began to shine a light really on where the motivations for where, why I was sharing God's word with them came from, I began to realize that I wasn't doing this by faith as a means of encouraging them or as a means of praying with them and becoming an intercessor for that person. Um, but I was doing it from the lens of false humility. Oh, I'm too shy. I don't want to do it because I don't want. And that level of false humility isn't true humility, A. And B, it doesn't allow me to 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 fulfill this role or this function by faith right and so I had to challenge myself what does true humility look like in surrendering to doing these things by faith even when it comes to service in the house of God in the body of Christ I think sometimes we don't respond to the call of God or we don't respond to the pressing or the leading of the Holy Spirit to do certain things or to engage in certain ways with with the house that we are planted in because we're not doing it by faith I remember um, when I would be asked to to this day to this day honey um, there's sometimes where I'd be asked to teach or to lead something or to speak to people and I it used to take me a lot of time to say yes um, to to doing it I would comply sometimes I would do it begrudgingly sometimes but I had to realize that all of these doing it that way was not glorifying God because the posture of my heart to serve God and to serve his people wasn't correct it wasn't from a place of true humility and by faith right and one of the things that I had to realize is that God will use your unique expression of him in the earth to bless people in a very powerful and potent way but the responsibility is on God to do his part in their lives you must be responsible for being a vessel through which a conduit through which God can do his work but you must be you must be open, available, humble, surrendered by faith to God for this to happen. But these are his people. This is his walk with them, his journey with them. And so true humility is saying, God, I am open to what you have to do. And it's less about me and more about God. And so in learning how to do that, I can say yes quickly. Sometimes I don't even, yeah, you've got it. I don't even know what the topic is. I don't even know what I've been asked to lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you ask. I'm, and, I'll exp and I will um, surrender by faith, knowing that when I open my mouth, God will fill it. And so 
surrendering by faith in humility is even when we approach the scriptures we believe the scriptures by faith but when we don't approach the scriptures with humility when we go into it looking for it to confirm our biases then we are not allowing ourselves to approach with humility that allows for us to be transformed and the whole element Um, according to what Apostle Paul says, is that we would look into it and like a mirror and we would be transformed from one glory into another, right? Um, And so I think it's really, really, really important um, to make sure that we are approaching everything by faith in true humility, in true surrender. I think that um, oftentimes when we come into Christian circles, when we come into Christianity, um, what isn't said endorses this underlying um, popularity contest that can sometimes take place, or we we buy into uh, the personality po- the personality politics um, alliteration for you all. Um, sometimes we can buy into the personality politics of serving God and serving his people. And I think one of the most important things is to realize that the vessel is a portion, um, and is the manifold wisdom of God through which we receive, um, any powerful or potent moment that we have in service to God, right? Uh, or in services, or in a gathering, or through a prayer, or whatever the case may be, or through a preaching, or teaching, or through a dance, or through a poem, or through uh, a rap, or through art, or through um, a a theatre piece, whatever the case is, I think sometimes it's really important for us not to buy into um, the personality politics. I think all the time, actually, we shouldn't really be buying into the personality politics. And this past weekend, um, where we were celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I think it really set the focus back on Jesus Christ. Not even just the, the work of the cross. The cross was a conduit, was a, 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 a method, it was a way but not just to set the focus back on the cross and the work that Jesus did on the cross, but to set our focus back on the main person that our faith is centered around. Our faith is centered on, centered in, centered around Jesus. And we spoke about this in the Jesus Focus Faith episode earlier on in this season, which you can go back and have a listen to. Um, But I always think it's really important to set our focus. True humility comes when we know who's at the focus of our faith, who's at the center of our faith, who is the object of our faith. And everything else is built upon having faith and approaching Jesus in true humility. Um, And I think sometimes we've fallen into the, 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 the traps or the gaps of personality politics because of who is in the room or who's in that seat or who has the microphone or who's leading or who's been given jurisdiction or who's been given this remit I think it's just important to center ourselves in understanding Jesus is the focus the gospel is the way that we are saved that we that we are able to share salvation with others um but it's really important that we approach in humility so that we can surrender with the right posture with the right heart right that's principle number two I think principle number three would have to be we cannot surrender outside of relationship with God to surrender by faith requires a relationship with God 
Um, and if we're sticking true to the mantra of this podcast, which is to hear God's voice until you become everything he's designed for you to become and begin to do everything he's ordained for you to do, then you would know that a relationship with God means one where we hear his voice. John 10, 27, my sheep, my, my sheep are the ones that know my voice and the voice of another they will not follow, right? Um, and I think it's really important that we we are hearing God and we are having a relationship with, and we have a relationship with him where we are in communion with God, in fellowship with him regularly, often, and more than just for knowing what he wants me to wear today or eat tomorrow, but to know deeply his ways, right? And I think when we do this, surrendering comes a lot easier when I trust his voice. Um, and I, I feel even just a bit emotional speaking about the voice of God on the podcast because I don't feel like I've gotten to speak about it in depth in a while because we've been having this conversa conversation about faith. But it's really important that we place, when we, when we, as we were speaking about in the random musing, when we love someone, there are certain things that we know, right? Um, one of my favorite things about um me in relationships um whether platonic uh romantic one of the fa my favorite things about me is my ability to observe right and I've fallen in love with my ability to observe those that I love observe body language observe intonation observe the cadence of their voice ob uh, observe the way that they speak and articulate their choicing in wording and the way that they they um respond to certain things the speed with which they respond to things um the way they make decisions the way um I can tell if a mood has changed or the way they think about something if they're listening or not um one of my favorite things to do is is like try and figure out when my friends or people I love aren't listening anymore um or if they're trying to multitask it's one of my favorite things to do because it means that I care and I'm being intentional enough to observe who you are as a person and your different mannerisms right um and I think that I've come to learn that what I enjoy observing people so I, I remember saying to one of my friends that um you've not really been yourself recently. I've noticed this in your tone. I've noticed this in your body language. I've noticed this in your responses to A, B, C, and D um, in this time and space that we've been around one another. And I remember her being like, oh, get away from here. Like, you don't know me, stay out of my business. Um, and we kind of laughed it off. And then we had a, a, a conversation where she was like, actually, I needed to kind of process through some things. And I've just realized that through this, I've been expressing that this is what I feel. This is what I've been thinking, A, B, C, and D, right? Um, and so when it comes to that, if I can be intentional enough in my relationships with physical people that God has placed in my life, then how much more do I need to be uh, intentional about knowing that much about God's voice in my life, right? What's the change in God's tone, the way he is saying something, the way he's articulating something, the, the stream of revelation through which he chooses to share it, how he is saying something, um, the level of maturity I need to stretch into so that I can respond to what he's saying to me in that moment, right? We do all of this by faith. And I think that we don't really truly surrender in faith unless we have a relationship with God, unless we uh, begin to build a relationship with God where we trust his voice where we trust his leading where we can lean in and know and understand 
I can't say yes to a plan I haven't heard yet, right? I can't say yes to a will I've, I've not come into contact with. I can't say yes to a voice that I'm unfamiliar with. I can't say yes um, or submit um, to a plan that I haven't seen anyone else. I haven't seen a blueprint, seen a picture of, right? And so I think it's really important. I realized that it was easier for me to say yes to God when I actually sought him. It was easier to submit to God when I knew him. I knew more about him. So now that he is good, I know that everything in his, in his will for me will be good. It will be for my good and for his glory. It will be perfect for the design for which he created that path for me. Does that look like roses and lilies and unicorns and daisies? Absolutely no. Absolutely not. Um, but that means that it, it will do a work in me. And because of that, I can say yes. Because of that, I know that God will take care of me even as I walk through those seasons of maturing, of suffering, of growing, of growing pains, right? I can say yes, because at least I know this now to be true about him. Before I knew this, it would be impossible to say yes with, this, with the same level of um, oomph, <laughs> for lack of better words, than I would have been able to say before. And so um this i think these are some of the the three most important principles to be able to live a life of faith that i am surrendered in every area by faith um concerning i think it's really important to live a surrendered life to god but we do that by faith and how do i engage with this faith journey and surrender number one it's knowing that surrender comes first i must lead the way with surrender number two it's by doing that in humility it's by approaching god approaching uh, spiritual disciplines approaching faith in true humility understanding that he is god and knowing your place as his child and how you navigate that principle number three was then also about a relationship with God where we learn to lean in and to trust his voice completely and wholly, right? Um, and so these are some of the most important principles that I think are really, 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 really super duper important um, to living a life surrendered by faith, right? Um, yeah, so that's all that I have to give um, for this week's episode um, of the podcast. Next week, we'll be speaking about the stewardship of faith, stewardship of faith. And I'll be giving what I believe are the top principles um, for stewarding a life of faith as we close out this season, because that will be our final episode for this season. Um, but we'll be talking about stewarding a life of faith so that even when the season is up, even if you need to revisit a video, take some notes, grab a principle, or share this with someone, even in all of that, you can steward it without a weekly episode um, where we may be talking about solely just about faith, right? Um, and in that episode as well, I'll also be announcing the topic for next season um, of the podcast. Um, and we'll also be announcing some really cool stuff for you as well um, that we will be putting on here at Recalibrate. Um, so make sure that you're tuned in. And let me give you the Recalibrate Challenge for this week's episode. The Recalibrate Challenge for this week's episode is to choose surrender, lead by surrender. Write out some of the things, I would say write out the top four things that you are struggling to, to make peace with about God's nature. 
write those top four things. If it's, I'm struggling to believe God is a healer. God is the healer. Write that out. I'm struggling to believe God has the answers concerning my life or God's will is perfect. Write that out. Write the top four things that you struggle with reconciling about God's nature and lead the way by surrender, by asking God questions about himself in this area, searching out the scriptures concerning it. And more, more than that, building a relationship with God where you hear him clearly concerning these areas of your life as well. That would be my challenge to you. But my prayer above all is that you are able to begin to live a life surrendered by faith to the father, where he begins to lead you, to guide you, to mature you, to challenge you, to grow you and to develop you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I love you. And I can't wait to see you all in next week's episode. Bye.